Now, you might be visiting with us this morning, and uh, there might be some things that uh, we say, some things that we share that you disagree with. Uh, that's okay. Uh, that's no problem. Uh, disagreement is a part of life. Um, we, our, our heart here is that uh, this is a place where you would feel welcome, that all the questions you have would be answered. Um, now, we won't have all the answers, but uh, we do go to the Word of God for all the answers. Uh, this is what sets us apart as, a, as a, a community of believers, as we believe the Word of God to be true. The Word of God is good. It's good for us. The Word of God sets uh, standards and uh, guidelines for us to live our lives, and so uh, that's what we're giving, not so much our opinions, but what the Bible says. And so uh, we're going to be teaching from the Word of God this morning. And uh, the, the reality is across the world, many, many nations made a commitment from the early years in making the Bible the foundation of their laws, of the way that their, their, their nation were governed. And uh, I think every nation that has put God first uh, sees the blessing and the benefit of that. And so uh, we're, we're, we're really keen to continue that in our nation. Uh, I love the fact that our national anthem still declares God over our nation, and uh, we'll keep prophesying that 13 or 14 times a year when we, when we watch the All Blacks play, and the whole nation's singing it. Amen? So, um, so let's cap- tackle a couple of questions this morning, and let's just leap right into a good one, right from the start. This is what one of you asked. What does the Bible say about sex outside of marriage? Yes, we're talking about sex this morning. Uh, so let me say right from the start, we believe marriage is the safest place to have the greatest sex. It's the safest place to have the greatest sex. In the, in the book of the Bible, in uh, Song of Solomon's, um, it's, it's a story. It's, it's kind of this dialogue between a happily newly married couple. There is absolute passion and love. The language is, was so graphic and so vivid that uh, if you are under the age of 12 and you're a Jewish boy, you weren't allowed to even read it. That's how graphic the pictures are. Now some of you are curious. You're like, I haven't read that book before. <laughs> so uh, if you're under 12, right? No, no, no. But uh, So go, go check it out. Um, see, I believe when we give ourselves out of love, it's wonderful and it's exciting. Uh, I can tell you that a married sexual relationship, uh, it does, there doesn't have to be monotony. Uh, there's passion, there's variety, there's spontaneity. I mean, this is what one of the verses, I'm not going to get into graphic detail, but uh, this is what Song of Songs says, Awake. North wind and come, south wind. Blow on my garden that its fragrance may spread everywhere. Let my beloved come into his garden and taste its choice fruits. She's not talking about apples, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Amy and I, we've been practicing for 20 years. You know, uh, somebody once said to me, when I, it's like, how are you going to know whether you're sexually compatible with Amy? I said, I'm, I'm into lots of practice. And so we've been practicing for many, many years, and uh, we're getting pretty good at it. And uh, we know what each other likes. And, uh, you know, our relationship only gets better. And I, and I truly mean that with all of my heart. Yeah. So. And I would totally agree. And that's why I would absolutely endorse what Mike has said and said, say that married sex is the best sex. And let me tell you why we believe that to be true. Um, it's because we love and trust the boundaries that God has set in place for it. And you might go, what? That's like a con- contradiction, boundaries. But actually these boundaries actually give us incredible freedom and incredible peace um, and enjoyment in our relationships. You know, God's created boundaries everywhere we see. He's 
created, you know, fish to swim in the sea. If you take fish out of the sea, they're going to die. Um, you know, with, with kids, this one always um, cracks me up because, you know, if you don't have boundaries with your children, they will touch the hot oven, they will lick the moving blender, and they will pet the angry dog. Um, you know, boundaries, what, what, why are they given to us? They actually are, they give us an area that we are, we are to function in. Boundaries are always there for our long-term good. They allow us to have the freedom to legitimately and authoritatively say no which I think is really important. And boundaries are areas where there's no guilt, there's no shame, there's no fear, and there's no pain. Boundaries um, give us security because God promises to protect these boundaries. And they, of course, um, define for us what is right and wrong. And so God has intentionally set these boundaries um, when it comes to sexual behaviour for us. And they're for our good and for our enjoyment and for our blessing. And you know, God's original plan is outlined in Genesis 2.24 when he says that's why a man leaves his father and his mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. Adam and his wife Eve were naked and they felt no shame. You see, the Bible is clear. Sex is a beautiful, beautiful gift from God, but it is intended and created and designed only for marriage between a husband and a wife. Like the Ten Commandments, God speaks about sexuality by providing uh, some boundaries or no-go zones. People asking the questions, what is acceptable, what is not acceptable. These are for our safety and for our benefit and for keeping the purity of God's design for sex. Now, I know society wants to move and change the the foundation markers, wants wants to take what the Bible says to be true and and, and change it. Uh, We need to decide, do we dig up the foundations of an established uh, word that that is good for our nation and and for our relationships, or or do we change it based on our feelings? Uh, My issue with feelings, I have feelings, anyone else have feelings? They can change. Depending on whether the All Blacks are winning or losing, we can be in a good mood or a bad mood. And so if we make our decisions based on our feelings, then we're going to be on a bit of a rocky path. And we see that within our society. What are the the no-go zones? Where are the places where God says sex is not healthy and is wrong in the Bible? Well, the Bible talks about fornication. Fornication is a complicated word for sex outside of marriage. So having sex outside of a marriage relationship between a husband and wife, the Bible says that is sin. 1 Corinthians 6 verse 18. Uh, Homosexuality, same-sex relationships. It talks about that in the Old Testament, Leviticus 20 verse 13, that that is wrong in God's eyes. Adultery, which is sex with another married person other than our spouse. Uh, Mark 10 verse 10 to 12. But Jesus also talked about uh, adultery of the eyes or, or lustful thoughts. Uh, a lot of pornography is, is based on the fact that, that visually we, we, are, we are engaging in, in, in sexual thoughts, that, those lustful thoughts. Jesus said even that is wrong. Uh, and then it talks about incest in the Bible, sex with someone in your family. Th- these are the areas where God says this is wrong, sex is wrong. So what is acceptable? Well, I think it's really important. Uh, I, I love in, the, in, in Corinthians, it talks about the love chapter, where Paul says, what, what is love? Love is patient. Love is kind. Love doesn't demand its own way. Love doesn't, doesn't kind of seek for itself. And it goes on and quite descriptive talking about love. And, and I think when we think about sex in a relationship, we need to think about this love chapter because sex is all about giving rather than receiving. See, if it's all about me, if it's what I want, that becomes lust. Whoever someone once say, I, I lust after my wife, and I, I think I, I, I knew what they meant, but the problem with lust is it's give me, give me, give me. 
whereas love says, I give to you. And then it's reciprocated. And, and a loving relationship says, I, I give to Amy, Amy gives to me. Now, the moment I feel uncomfortable or Amy feels uncomfortable, the moment we're not, you know, it doesn't feel, feel right, doesn't feel good, then that's not love. And so, so it's really important that we communicate around that. Be honest. Talk about what you like. Talk about what you don't like. Talk about what's uncomfortable. Talk about the things that, that maybe don't feel quite right. Yeah. It's all about communication, isn't it? <laughs> well, our second question this morning is, will God forgive us if we've already had sex before marriage? Will God forgive us if we've already had sex before marriage? You know, this is an important question. It might relate to people here today. Um, if you're living together, you know, while sexual sin is wrong and there are consequences because it involves other people, friends, I need to tell you, we are all guilty of sin. Right. All of us, not one the Bible says is righteous, not one. But there is good news because 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins to God, He is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I want to say really clearly this morning that God's grace, love and forgiveness extends to every area of sin. Every area of sin. You need to know that. That's God's heart. You know, there's a story that Jesus tells in the Bible of a, a prodigal son that... Um, that left his father, left and took his inheritance, went and lived however he want, he pleased, kind of just pleased himself, wasted all his money, um, got into some serious trouble and just was so desperate to come home to his dad. And when his dad finally saw him coming home, he just wanted to come home as a servant, but his dad rushes out to meet him and he doesn't rush out with a list of all of his son's sins, listing each and every one of them. No, he rushes out with arms open wide. He rushes out with love and grace and mercy and that is the heart of our God. Can I just say here at Elam that if you've made mistakes, if you've made bad choices, it doesn't affect the welcome. It doesn't affect the welcome here. You are not your past and you are not your mistakes because if you have come to put your hope and trust in, Lord, in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible says that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. When we have accepted that Jesus, who was perfect, paid the price for our sin. He paid the punishment that we deserved. He made us right with God. And there is grace and there is forgiveness. If we confess our sins, He's faithful to forgive us. But you know what? We can actually take it one step further. And this is my, our recommendation is that you um, come and see our ministry team on a Thursday. Come and have some prayer at the front because James 1.16 says that uh, if we confess our sins to each other, we find healing. We confess our sins to God and we're forgiven, but it's as our confession and through prayer with one another that we find healing and freedom. And that is what we want for each and every person, to know that freedom that comes with having Christ Jesus in our lives. So what would I encourage you to do if now that you know it's a sin and you know it's not God's best for your relationship and if you really love each other and see a future together, come and see us because maybe your next step is to get engaged and to get married. You know, make a decision to do things God's way and you will receive His blessing. And can I encourage you to get into a small group? because that's the best place to, to walk through that journey. But you know what? If you are considering getting married, come, come and talk to us. You can have it here at church. It will cost you nothing. We've got celebrants here that will do the job for nothing. Um, it doesn't even have to be a big expense. I think so much pressure is put on people to put on the $20,000 wedding. Man, I reckon we could put one on for about maybe 50 bucks. 
Um, so uh, yeah, just a couple of couple of maybe ribbons, a little more maybe that. a little more than that. I mean, you can spend more, sure, but but don't let that be the reason. I'll tell you what: if you came to us and you said you wanted to get married, there would be a hundred people here tomorrow that would take out ten dollars and put it in your hand so that you can live in God's best and bless. Yeah, come on, how many people would do that? I reckon I can see some hands there. That's the one. So come on, this is a challenge. This is a challenge. Come and have a chat. Um, you know, we we've got an amazing couple sitting in this church. Um, serving in our team, serving in our dream team. Uh, they were living together for many years, and uh, they, they came to the realization that, that it was wrong, that they needed to be married. And, uh, and they came, we talked through, and we, we worked through the process, and they've, they've got married recently. I was talking to them two weeks ago. I said, how's your relationship going? They said, it's so much different, so much better than it was before. There's trust, there's, there's no guilt, there's no shame. We're working on things that we've dealt with in the past, and, and, and our relationship is so much better than it was before. Why? Because it's God's blessing. God's design is that a husband and a wife, a man and a, a woman would be married together. Third question, and this is kind of flipping a little bit. The question was asked, do I have to be married? Do I have to be married? No, you don't. Singleness is a gift from God. Now, sex outside of marriage is wrong, but if you want to live a life single, it's actually a gift from God. A celibacy is a gift that some people, and, and I had a, had a lady ask me maybe two years ago, she said, do I have to get married? Because she kind of felt like she was getting, trying to be married off by people. It's like, come on, oh, I can find you a nice young man. You know, we can find someone for you. She says, I don't want to get married. Do I have to get married? She said, I said, do you want to get married? She says, no. I said, then you don't have to get married. She says, I love my career. I've got great friends. I've just got no romantic interest in any guys. I'm just, I'm just loving life. I get to serve God with all of my heart, with all of my passion. I said, then don't stop. Just continue to pursue God with all of your heart, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. So love him and serve him. Paul the Apostle, he addressed this issue. He says, um, I'm, I'm telling those who are single and widows that it's good for them to stay single like me. He was actually encouraging them. He goes on and he says, because you'll be able to devote yourself to, to, the, to the work, to the prayer, to, to the reading of the word. And then he says, but if they can't control themselves, they should get married because it's better to marry than to burn with passion. I was 21. I was 19. <laughs> Our question number four. Question number four. Is it worth going through the pain of living with a non-believer if God never changes them? It's a really good question. Is it worth going through the pain of living with a non-believer if God never changes them? You know, I read that question, and that's a tough question. And um, we're so sorry if that is your experience. And I guess not knowing the context of that question, of that question. It could relate to a marriage relationship. It could relate to partners. Um, it could relate maybe to a friendship or a relative. And I was um, just praying about this question. I felt like Amos 3.3 in the Bible is a really good place to start. It says, how can two people walk together unless they're in agreement? It's really hard. If you tried walking um, walking with someone who's trying to go in the opposite direction to you, it's really difficult. And because we don't know the context of this question, I just really felt it important just to say that if this relationship is not healthy, if it is toxic or abusive, that is not okay. That is not okay. And please come and see one of our pastoral team and please get help. So I just wanted to say that. 
um, it's very challenging to to walk um, in a relationship, and maybe it is a healthy relationship, it's a good relationship, when, it, when you just feel like nothing is going to ever change. A couple of great books that um, personally have, have spoken to us, and I rec- we recommend them, is The Power of a Praying Husband or The Power of a Praying Wife by Stormy O'Martin. And I know that Mana um, stock those books. I think one of the greatest prayers I've learned to pray is not God change Mike, but God change me. And that is what that book um, has taught me to do. And um, prayer is powerful. James 5.16 in the message says, the prayers of a person living right with God is something powerful to be reckoned with. Amen. Be persistent in your prayers. And what I'd say is don't ever give up praying. I I, I was talking to someone last week who was telling a story of of somebody who 28 years have been praying for a spouse to to, to come to Christ. 28 years. They didn't stop praying. Didn't stop praying, didn't stop praying, didn't stop praying, and God came through. Can I also encourage you, you know, maybe if that was your question or, or you've, got, you've had similar ones, maybe take the word never out because God can do the miraculous. God can do the impossible where, where we don't think it's possible. He can step in and he can make a difference in somebody's life. So keep praying, keep believing. Uh, some advice to singles, uh, young people here today. If you're considering um, whether, whether you should get married, if the person you are falling in love with, you're attracted to, if they don't love Jesus, can I tell you, don't go there. Don't go there. Don't go there. Don't think that if you are a good person, you live a Christian life, that they will come to know Jesus. There is no guarantee on that. If Jesus is not priority one in their life, have a friendship, but make it no more than that. Because... It will put you in a whole lot of pain as you're wanting to pursue God with all of your heart. If you are in a, in a relationship with an unbeliever, keep loving, keep serving. You know, if you're married to somebody, keep loving and serving and believing that they're going to come through. But uh, if, if you are in a position where you could end a relationship because that person is not walking with Jesus, can I encourage you to do that? God's got something great for you. You can trust him in that. Uh, 2 Corinthians 6.14, it says, Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? Two people cannot walk together unless they are in agreement. Young people, make that decision today. Make that decision today that that is priority one. Ask the question, do you love Jesus with all of your heart? If they can't go, absolutely. So fantastic, have a nice day. Good advice, good advice. And our last question um, this morning, which we'll just um, take a little bit more time on, is came through that is how do we have, or how do we keep, sorry, a strong and healthy marriage? How do we keep a strong and healthy marriage? It's such a great question. And, uh, you know, Mike and I have been married for 20 years. Uh, we just celebrated that this year. And uh, I know that there are many here who have many more years on us and have some an amazing wisdom um, to share. But you know what I think in this day and age? 20 years? We're doing all right, darling. <laughs> um, how have we stayed married? Oh, you know, I just, I truly, just by God's grace, I don't know how else to say, but by God's grace. You've got a good husband. I have an amazing husband <laughs> who puts up with me. But, you know, I do think that a great marriage doesn't happen by chance. It happens by choice. And I do believe that we need to be intentional in continuing to make that commitment to have a great and healthy marriage. Um, I I think Mike and I, you might have heard us say this before, but I think one of the really simple things that we do is just every day, we just keep, keep saying yes to each other. 
every day, every week, every month, every season, on the really great days, on the awesome days, we say yes. Yes, there is and perfectly yes, there acceptable. Is acceptable. Yeah, <laughs> it'll work very well for you. Yes, there. <laughs> But also on the hard days, the challenging days, you know, we've kept saying yes to each other. Instead of letting difficult circumstances, and we've had some, instead of letting the storms of life, which, you know, after 20 years, you know, we could, we could outline to you a few of those, but instead of letting them pull us apart, we've let them draw us together. Um, and I just think it takes intentionality. I really like that word, intentionality. Um, it's making a choice to love every day. Um, I think there's a, a, there's a lie out there today that marriage is about just two individuals. It's just about two individuals. But actually, God's intent and original plan, I read it out before, is Genesis 2.24, is not about two individuals. It's about two becoming one. Marriage is about the, the lifelong journey. And it's a journey, and we don't always get it right, but if we're journeying to becoming one with Jesus at the center, that's what a God-honoring and healthy marriage looks like. I think in, in, in marriage, we need to be thinking about we more than we think about me. And that is a challenge. You know, um, we're encouraged to humble ourselves, to consider the needs of other people um, as greater than our own. And I think, gosh, the, you know, let's, let's face it, that's probably the hardest in marriage because you see the best and the worst of each other. But to continuing to go, actually, am I thinking more about we than me? Am I actually thinking about what I can give to Mike as opposed to what I can get? That's a big one. You know, life is about giving, not getting, because generosity begets generosity. And I think when, um, you know, maybe if you're not seeing a lot of love or commitment or appreciation reciprocated, I want to say, sow it anyway. Find a seed in your heart and sow that love and that generosity and that kindness and that humility and trust God that over time, that good seed will produce a harvest of blessing if you don't give up. Amen. And can I just also say, you might have heard us say this before, that actually sometimes you need to get a new marriage. Now I'm going to explain myself. You need to get a new marriage with the person that you're already married to. Amen. There has been times in our 20 years where I've just like, we need a fresh start, honey. Will you forgive me? It's time to have a fresh start. And I believe that some of you, it's just about going to God and each other and having a fresh start, getting a new marriage, but with the person you're already married to. Don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be too proud. We've all had our times. We've all had our struggles. We are here to help you. We are here to help you. Don't be too proud to ask for help. We've got amazing couples that will come alongside you. We've got an incredible counselor sitting in the front row who specializes in marriage counseling. Don't be too afraid to ask for help. So what about children in your marriage? How do you have a healthy, strong marriage with children? Well, when you bring children into your relationship, you know, you get more free time, uh, your sleep improves, uh, you've got disposable income, and your sex life gets better. No, that was before children. You know, uh, the reality is every bit of your time is taken. Uh, sleep, what even is that? Um, disposable income is disposable diapers and uh, sex life. It's kind of like, you know, trying to sneak a moment when your parents aren't looking. That's kind of what it feels like with, uh, <laughs> with, uh, with uh, relationship with children. Um, for those of us that are married, the last thing we would ever want, and I was just talking with someone today, that the last thing we would ever want is for our, for our children finally to release them to the big world 
to look at each other and go, and, and who are you? You know, where we actually have nothing in common except the fact that we raised some children together. That would be the worst possible thought. And actually, we see a lot of marriages finding themselves in precious situations when that happens. All of a sudden, they found themselves going, we have to relate to each other now, not through children. That's why we've got to be really, really intentional. And uh, I just want to talk about a few things. Um, be intentional in showing love. First thought here, be intentional in showing love. Showing love the way your spouse needs to receive it, not just how you receive it. So working out, working out the other person. Knowing what matters to your spouse is really, really important. These five love languages. And uh, a bit of recent uh, research I found through a reliable source called Facebook. Um, this, is, uh, this has really helped me finally after 20 years. Work it out. This is true of Amy's five love languages. Words of affirmation. Your coffee is delicious. Um, Acts of service, I made you coffee. <laughs> Receiving gifts, here's a coffee. <laughs> Quality time, let's go out for a coffee. Physical touch, let me hold you like a warm cup of coffee. That was so good. <laughs> so helpful. So helpful and so true. And so true. You know, I've had to learn to be intentional to um, show a love language that is very different to my own. And I think that's been one of my duties over 20 years. And, and I can remember when we first got married, um, I physical touch, which is not just sex, it's included in that, um, but physical touch is one of my strongest love languages with words of affirmation. And I would go into the kitchen and, and instead of like, you know, um, just rubbing up against him or touching him, I would avoid him. I would like walk around the kitchen because I just didn't think like that. And so I've had to learn to show love in a way that Mike receives it. You know, Michael often say, um, if I, if I uh, don't hug you, I don't love you. That's just who he is. And so that's been um, something that I could do. Second thing we've got to be intentional in is to keep dating. Keep dating. Keep the, li keep the love alive. Keep that spark alive. Um, this advice was given, um, and we continue to give it to, to couples. Keep dating. Keep making time. Time away from our kids actually is, is helpful for us. Um, our four-year-old Zoe, she, uh, last time we went away for a weekend together, uh, she says, you go away so you can stay married, right? <laughs> I'm like, you got it, baby. And she goes, Okay. And she's more than happy to be with, her, with grandparents, um, and, that's, and that's great. And uh, we're fortunate that we've got that uh, in our life. Um, and, and this might be as simple as just setting a night a, a week aside where you feed the kids and maybe you have another meal that you, you prepare for later on. Uh, if you've got young kids, it's a little bit easier. Get them into bed. If you've got teenagers, I don't know, give them a DVD to watch and then just sit across from each other and actually talk to each other. Make, make, make it that intentional moment, not just, right, okay, we've got the kids done, and right, bedtime. Right, then you wake up and you go over it again. You've got to be intentional in those moments. Um, maybe if you can get a night away, invite the grandparents to come in and join and, and, and be, um, help out. I heard uh, one creative idea. Somebody found a neighbor um, just a couple of doors down, and they just swapped houses. So, so the, the, the neighbor came and stayed with the kids, so they fed the kids, put the kids down, and then they just went over to the other person's house just for dinner together, just to hang out and spend some time. So it doesn't have to be expensive, but you've got to come up with a plan. Because how many people know that doesn't force itself on you? you know, the, the reality is you've got to make that a priority. Uh, we recently read a passage from Song of Solomon's that talks about the passion of love found in newlyweds. Come on, it doesn't always have to just be for the newlyweds. You know, that, that talk, the honeymoon's over. 
It doesn't ever have to be over. That love, that passion. Let's be honest, our honeymoon wasn't that great because we had no idea what we were doing. Our, our, our relationship is so much better now than it was. Our honeymoon is better now than it was. But we're going to keep signing up for it, keep saying yes. Um, and, and the third, be intentional with the communication. As the team come this morning, um, where do we start with communication? Communication, it's a heart issue. Yep. So <laughs> you want to say something? Yeah, I do. Because okay. um, whenever we speak on marriage, it's like God does a, a warrant of fitness in our marriage. So it's, you know, so thanks for that. Um, to all those who ask questions. But, you know, we, we actually oh, just, so I just felt like God say to me, Amy, you don't need to say everything you think. You don't need to say everything you think. And I am an uh, over-communicator, an expander. I like to say a lot. And uh, I wanted to share James 1.19 because this is, this is my verse. Be quick to listen, slow to speak. Be quick to listen, slow to speak. The message says, lead with your ears, follow with your tongue and let anger uh, straggle in the background. And so, you know, our words are, are so important. They can, build, they can build life or they can kill and destroy. Proverbs 4.23, it says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Um, so we, we communicate word, gesture and spirit. And so uh, we've got to be really careful that we don't communicate with words, but then it's not backed up. I mean, if I came home one day, kicked my shoes off, jumped under the couch and turned on the soccer, seeing where the Liverpool won again, which they did this morning again. Five points clear, top of the table, come on. But if I did that, Amy makes dinner, I ignore the kids, eat dinner. Amy puts the kids to bed, does all the hard work, does all the washing and the ironing. Doesn't iron anyway, but... And, and, then, and then we get into bed later on and, and go, come on, baby, let me fly to the moon. You know, that rocket ship ain't getting off the ground, seriously. So, so word, gesture, and spirit, and, and ultimately communicating spirit to spirit is the most important. When we communicate, we're communicating not just with our words, but there's something inside of us. And there's an intimacy that is far greater than anything else, and that's prayer. And uh, men, if you want to discover true intimacy, it's not sex, it's praying with your, your wife. If you pray with your wife, you bring them before God. You bring their problems, their challenges, the frustrations, the things that they're walking through. If we bring those things to God, it will make all the difference in your relationship. Yeah. Amen. Well, I'd just love to pray for us all, if that's all right. Because I know wherever we stand, we need God's help. We need His grace in our relationships. And so I'd just love to pray. Father God, I, I just thank you that for these moments that we've shared together, Lord, to hear from you, to hear your word go forth. And Lord, you promise that when your word goes forth, it will achieve what you want it to achieve, Lord. It doesn't return to you void. And so God, I pray that the words that you want, um, your beautiful people here to hear would be deposited in their hearts, Lord, that you would show us all one thing that we could do, whether we're single or married. Father God, wherever we find ourselves in relationships, Lord, to honour you, to honour you and put you first. Lord, maybe it's considering the needs of others. Father God, maybe it's, um, Lord, to, to pray. Lord, to really get on our knees before you and be persistent and, and, and not give up in our prayers, Lord. Maybe it's a change of attitude or heart, Lord. I just pray you'd speak to each and every one of us. Lord, we need you. 
We need you so much, Holy Spirit. And so I just pray and thank you that you're here and that you're moving in hearts. Father, help us to honour you in your relationships. Help us that are married here to have marriages that, Lord, are so welcoming, are so beautiful, they're real, but, Lord, they're a place where people can come and can learn and grow. And, Father God, I thank you um, that your presence is with us. In Jesus' name, amen. You might be here this morning, and um, this for me is the most important moment of any meeting we get to have. This is where we give people an opportunity to respond to a God that loves them. You know, we truly believe that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. He created you on purpose for a purpose, and that purpose is to walk in relationship with you. The problem is sin got in the the middle of our relationships. That caused us to be separated from God. Bad news for humanity, but the good news was Jesus came and He lived a perfect life. He died on a cross. He was buried in a tomb, but He didn't stay dead. He rose to life by the power of God and He is alive today and He is available for every single one of us as the Saviour of our lives, as the Lord of our life. And this morning, if you've never given your life to Christ, if you've never surrendered your life to Him, We want to give you the opportunity. In a moment, I'm going to pray a prayer. All we're asking you to do is pray this prayer as a prayer of faith, believing that God is real and that that He wants to make a difference in your life, confessing your sins, turning from your old way of living and trusting God with, with with your new life with Him. So with every head bowed, I closed. Would you pray this prayer with me? Maybe you've been away from God and God is bringing you back home. Maybe for the very first time, you're saying, I need to surrender my life to God for the very first time. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank You for Your great love for me. Thank You that You sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Please forgive me. I turn from my old way of living and I choose to follow You. Thank You for Your gift of grace. I receive Your salvation today. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer for the first time, maybe you're coming back to God. You know you've been away, but God's drawn you home. You prayed that prayer. You really meant that. And we've got a team that are going to just just spot your hand in just a moment. I'm going to invite you to raise your hand. We're not going to embarrass you. We've got a team that want to just spot your hand and help you take your next step uh, this morning. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you prayed that prayer for the first time, maybe come back to God. On the count of three, would you raise your hand so we can just see it and then you can pop back down again. One, God loves you. Two, He's got a plan and a purpose for your life. Three, come on, why don't you pop your hand up and say, yeah, I pray that prayer for the first time today. Or maybe coming back to God, you're recommitting your life to Him. Is there anyone here this morning? Thank you, God. Father, we thank you. Lord, even hearts might have responded, but but maybe someone didn't put their hand up. God, I thank you. Lord, that you're moving in our lives. I thank you, God, that we all have a chance for a fresh start with you. Lord, for those that have prayed that prayer, thank you, Lord, it's a new beginning. Lord, the old is gone and the new has come today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. I love that our, our heart here is that people that are far away from God would, be, would find Jesus, would be raised to new life in Him. And, you know, you'll, um, you'll see that there's some Connect cards sitting on, on your seat Those are there for a reason because we want to help you take your next step. Maybe you prayed that prayer, as Mike said, and you didn't put your hand up. Can I encourage you to fill in your details and tick that box that says, I've made a decision to follow Jesus or to make a recommitment. We would love to get in contact with you and help you on that journey of following Jesus.
Uh, if there's anything that you would like us to pray for you about, we just absolutely delight in seeing that there just there's so many prayer requests coming in. And as a team and as a staff, we have an amazing intercessory prayer team. And so if you have a prayer request, please pop that down on your Connect card. We'd love to hear from you if you've got a praise report. Anna, that was amazing this morning. We just thank the Lord for Wayne's healing. Those are the kind of testimonies we'd love to hear from, so pop them down on a Connect card. You can um, pop that Connect card in the offering buckets that go by at the end of the service, or if you want a bit more time, there's a uh, box as you leave called the Connect Box. There's Connect cards on every cafe table. So we would just love to help you take your, your next step. And can I just let you know that we've got Elam One Conference coming up in a couple of weeks. It's our national conference held in the first week of the Auckland uh, school holidays in Auckland. And I know we mentioned that last week that it's a free conference, which is amazing, such a blessing for us as, as the Elam movement just to gather together. Um, and it's, it's called Open Heaven. And just to, you know, we believe there'll be open hearts to receive. Um, just a, a fresh impartation of what God is um, wanting to do in our lives. So if you want to go or would like some more information, you can pop that down on the Connect card. If you'd like to go and serve and help and be a blessing, maybe for a session or two, we would love that as well. So uh, just as the team would like to come, I'm going to pray for our offering this morning. And just to let you know that it's also our special missions offering that you will have been given out an envelope. There's the ways to give. Uh, but also we have a special um, offering taken up today for our Indian Girls Home as a part affiliated with our Elam churches over there. It's to raise money to get them a bus so that they can um, also get to church, but for it to be used. So I know that's going to be such a blessing for them. They need $60,000. So that's what we're believing for. And just want to say thank you for your giving, your generosity. Um, thank you that uh, for those of you just giving over and above. May God bless you abundantly. Let's pray. Lord.